0: Welcome to The Art of Growth, where today we are talking about productive thinking, productive feeling and productive action. Because sometimes there's a lot of movement without a lot of progression. And that is what we are aiming for. If you are new to the Enneagram, you can find out your type. Go to our website, www.theartofgrowth.org, and click on the Discover Your Type section of the website, and there's resources there to help you do that. You can also sign up for the newsletter there. Uh, Double-check and make sure that our newsletter is going to your inbox, because that's something we're trying to figure out to make sure that we're not ending up in spam, because you know email these days. Also, there are key things that we talk about here at The Art of Growth, key teachings that we think are really important and need to be a part of our rhythm There's certain aspects that I say, regardless of how long I do this work, there's certain things that I need to return to again and again. So we've condensed these key reminders into a teaching series that you can do on our website called The Next Steps Class. So if you're new to the Enneagram, it will really help you figure out what to do with your type once you know that. And if you've been following our work for a while, this is sort of a preservation of key teachings and key things that we think are really important that we want people to remember and hold on to. Because even as we do this work for our own lives, these are things that we continue to need to remember. So thank you so much for joining us. Let's get into this week's episode. All right, Joel Hubbard, tell me what you're thinking
1: about. (laughs) (laughs) So you know that little video I did with me on the beach where I said, rumination is not meditation. Mm. I shared that with you because um, I was thinking like, my thoughts at that time, and I still run into this. I ran into this just a few days ago where I can see my thoughts going into sort of a circle around the same issue.
2: So describe that feeling. What does it mean by going around It's in a like
1: It's like I'm thinking about the problem, and I'm looking for a solution, and I'm coming up with lots of ideas because I'm a seven. I can't. I can come up with a lot of ideas around this thing, but they're unsatisfying, and I'm not sure Will this work? Will that idea work? Even though I came up with it, I'm not sure. There's like five options I can take, five different approaches, five different jobs. I've heard sevens tell me that. I could go this way. I could go that way. I could go the other day. I don't know which way to go, right? I've heard this from a lot of people, get stuck in indecision, even though the
2: options might be many. Yeah. I'm not a seven, but I totally know that feeling. And I think I've seen a lot of different types who can kind of go into that space. Like, they can get stuck in their headspace in that yeah, sort of cycling around the thing. Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, talking to a body type recently who was stuck in that where it's... I don't know how to handle this relationship. I don't know how to handle this situation. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do the other? And whenever it's like I've got ten options, ten possibilities, (laughs) you know, whatever's happening is not good. You know, it's you're stuck in that sort of like maybe eleven, maybe number (laughs) twelve, maybe (laughs) number thirteen. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) There's even who was it? Uh, Gosh, I can't remember who the author was, but was describing the problem with choices since we've developed many more post-industrial, you know, revolution, we've got all these, now we've got lots of liberties, we've got lots of options, lots of choices, and the anxiety levels have increased. Yeah. <laughs> like, people are have, like, crazy levels of anxiety with more options and more choices. Like, as someone was telling me, you know, when we do surveys, we figured out that we can only do surveys with, like, one or two options, like, if we're do, asking people a question and that they
2: have to answer if we have more than than right. two or three options, people don't answer it. Right, and then every one you add, so it's like two is good. Yeah. if you add three, you get eh, a, yeah you know, this percentage less <laughs> yeah. response. it's four, yeah. it really really drops just off. just drops off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly it.
1: But that's true for all of us. Like I hate yeah. I hate having like a million different options. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes it's like yeah, ooh, I was gonna say, ooh, like that's exciting at for, the restaurant. You know, you're looking through the menu and you're like, ooh, I could have this, I could have that. Cheesecake factory, it's a <laughs> yeah, book. Cheesecake factory, <laughs> no book, kidding,
2: <laughs> Twenty five pages. Like, I don't of, even know where to start. Category wise,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know sandwiches. I'll start um, with
2: sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: it's amazing. They definitely overdo it, but I love it. I love the choices right. there. But I think that that is spin that's how i define spin is when you're mm. stuck with like 10 12 15 options in your head you've come up with them but you don't know which one to pick yeah and that's what i describe as unproductive thinking because you're just going to keep going around it around it i don't know maybe this option maybe oh, that. Yeah. it's like a tree with a million different branches like yeah. you can keep branching off of those branches endlessly
2: Yeah. And when we're in that spin place, our head is just going around and around and around and thinking of all the different options. It doesn't even matter if the best idea was to come in, it'll just get spun out by the centrifuge. Yeah. It'll just get flung right against the wall. Like even the best idea, because in the middle of a spin, you can see possibilities of solutions. But it's almost like you're just as good at spotting all the reasons that solution won't work. Totally, And so that's what feels so spinny about it.
1: Yeah. And that's actually the headspace. So, you know, you and I do these these, uh, group coaching sessions, right? So we talk about uh, head, heart, and body and helping people to figure out which one's which and what's happening at what moment. Right. And I've even created a language, I think you have too, around what is the language of the head? What's the language of the heart? What's the language of the body? Because it's completely different language and not even sometimes words. <laughs> right. So for the headspace, it is options. That's one of the words, options, possibilities, right? Rationality. It's not black and white. Right. It's not yes or no. It's, well, maybe. Yeah. Because you can endlessly think about things. And so, for all types, you can end up in the headspace yeah. and spin in that place. And I think you end up there when there's something off in the heart space.
2: Oftentimes, that's where... So, this is what you're that, calling rumination. I'm calling that rumination. Rumination. Yeah. And that's... Wait. So, we're trying to get to productive thinking. Yes. So, how do we get from rumination to productive thinking?
1: Well, that's where I was going is I think, I think you have to face the heart. I think that's the problem. Uh, it definitely is for me and I've been coaching other people to see if this works for them as well. But I have found that's, that's the cue for me. If I'm in that space where I'm spinning, where I can't get unstuck at first, I have to recognize the spin. So now I can see it more often. I yeah. think I can see it more regularly than I, uh, than I have in the past. But what I have to do is that's the, that's the cue for me to go back to my heart, go back to the heart. What's happening there. Mm-hmm. Um, And that usually helps me to then move into productive thinking. So, let me just say what productive thinking is and then the solution. So, productive thinking for me is, it is possibility, definitely. But it doesn't get stuck in all kinds of possibilities, in all kinds of endless choices. Mm -hmm. Because if it's fueled by something, which I'm, I'm suggesting is the problems in the heart, then what's happening is the head's trying to solve it. But it's not working. And so, it's trying to come up with, how do I get around this? How do I get around this? How do I get around this? And so, that's the tree with endless branches. Whereas the product of thinking is, oh, let's think of about a, a, a possible solution. And then let's, oh, this is it. I don't have to worry too much about whether this will work or not work. Yeah. This is a good solution. Let's move forward with it, right? And then it calls on the body to act it out and, um, and move forward. So that's I think where the heart comes in. So the heart comes in at the place of unpro- you know where you're being unproductive and you're thinking. Tune into the heart and as you tune into the heart what you're going to notice oftentimes is there's some situation that is creating some internal pain for you, some problem. Mm-hmm. The situation's just the sort of external It's not really the issue. It's the current embodiment of the (laughs)
2: actual struggle that you've been dealing with for probably quite a bit of time. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I'll sit down sometimes and say, heart, what's really going on? What's happening? And now my heart speaks more regularly. At first it was like, you know, nothing would come to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the practice and the practice this is what we talk about. This is transformation's practice. You know, it's not destination. It's not it's the path you've chosen to keep walking on that eventually
2: produces um, some change for you. And pause right there because you brought up something that has been coming up more and more, and I think it's a super helpful transformational practice, which to actually speak to your heart or speak to your body. Yeah. And actually say, you know, body, like I'm listening. What do you need right now? Like heart, I'm listening. What is it you want to communicate? Because for some of us, the body is the voice that's not invited to the table. It's not invited to dinner as much. Yes. Or for some, the heart and the mind will talk a lot. And then the body will want to speak up and it's like, shh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets shushed until it gets sick. (laughs) Yeah. And then for some, it's like, it's really head and body. Like there, there's a lot of that at the dinner table and the heart is shushed, like Mm -hmm. shh. but it's actually inviting that voice to the table. That's been trying to love you all along, Mm. that's trying to love you. And that voice needs to be included more in the conversation and say heart. So using that language even, I love using that language to actually speak to the heart and say, heart, what do you need? What are you trying to say? I'm very sorry if I've shushed you Mm. and not included your voice at the table. Like, what do you want to say to me now?
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. And when we do that. You can even feel it as you're saying that. I can, you know, there's a, it, it, maybe you're hearing this right now. You can feel your own heart going, ah, uh, right? There's like this relaxing, there's like this warmth that's happening in your chest area. This is, it's beautiful. When we yeah. say that to our hearts, like you're welcomed want to hear you. It does so much good. So, thank you for saying that. Um, the language of the heart will be different than the language of the head. So, you've got to be prepared to hear different, something different. I tell people all the time, the language of the heart is memory. Hmm. It's not oftentimes words. It's memory. Like, your heart will bring up memories yeah. of a hurtful conversation, a hurtful interaction, a sense yeah. of distance between you and another person. Yeah. Uh, so, this, that's the language of the heart. It's connection. It's connection, disconnection. And of course, it has all the other emotions that are present within that, but... Be paying attention to that connection, disconnection, distance between me and somebody I care about, desire to be loved, desire to love something, someone, right? And lots of memories. Memories are usually the way the heart's going to speak to you. It's going to pull up some random memory and you're going to shut it off. You're just going to tune it out. You're not even going to remember that you had a memory come up. But if you were to pay attention to the memories and the thoughts that come to your mind regularly throughout the day, not that you have time to do that, but if you did, you would notice that there are memories that pop up that don't seem related to anything. And I will have clients mm-hmm. that will oftentimes say, I'll just say, I'll just open the door and say, hey, what's happening? What's on your mind? What's going on? Yeah. They'll start talking and then they'll pull in unrelated memories and stories yep. that seem unrelated to them. Yep. And then they'll say, I don't know why I just said that.
2: <laughs> right? Have you had that happen? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we do this in groups, actually. So in group coaching, I'll often do that. Like, here's the questions. you got them you know, beforehand. So maybe you've been thinking about them. But I always take them through a meditation. And I say, just notice what comes up when I start talking about this. Mm. And how many times people will be like, I don't know why, but this memory came to mind. There you and go. And then yeah. I'll say, well, this is how it's connected to your type. And this is what it's trying to show you. And this is why this is trying to teach you. And it's very much that. It's like that's yeah. the language and often for people, it's in that voice that's been shushed.
1: Yes. So yeah. for
2: some people, it's like listen to your body. Like this is part of Enneagram training, which is notice your thoughts, your feelings, your physical sensations. Like yeah. the physical sensations. Yeah, Did yeah, you actually yeah. notice something that felt strange in your body? And how many times people will just kind of f- suddenly move a certain way, and it'll that'll even trigger a memory. Vanderkolk's the body keeps the score he talks about that like someone told me a story that was similar to one in the book and i'm actually not even sure if it was their story if it was in the book but at a boxing class and just letting loose on this bag and all of a sudden all this motion started coming out too because it's like all of these systems are trying to communicate to you oh yeah and it's all of that interlocked thing i don't don't know if i sidetracked this no (laughs) no no, no.
1: (laughs) it's funny because i had a type nine say to me i will run until i cry
2: Oh, fascinating. Isn't it?
1: Yeah. She's like, yeah, oh yeah, I totally... Uh, she, she didn't even know anything about the Enneagram. She would just say, the funny thing is that... I was talking to her about motion, how yeah. she has to be in motion yeah. physically for her to start really tuning back into herself. Yep. And she's like, yeah, the weird thing is, Joel, I'll run. And it's probably right at the point where I'm pushing myself beyond what I'm comfortable with. It'll start crying. Yep, And it's not crying from physical pain. It's like... All of this emotion that is unprocessed starts coming back. Mm-hmm. And so that's oftentimes access points. We call, you know, I call that anyways, the access points for your, your heart. Oftentimes it's through your body for many types. For others, it's not. They'll just get to their emotions rather quickly because they're more heart types. And so yeah. they'll, they'll be able to do that. But your body will always tell you what's, what's really going on. So the language, just to round that off, the language of the, of the body it is as you said sense It's physical sense Mm -hmm. talked about turning a certain way sometimes will release certain emotions people will describe that you've you've described that you know in your experiences Mm -hmm. with yoga and so it doesn't speak in those in words that we would normally think of it's just sensations in the body and some body types will tell me they'll walk into a room and like their whole body is disrupted by the atmosphere in the room and i'm a head type so i don't usually have that as my experience But if I slow down and pay attention and ask my body, it will tell me.
2: Yeah. So for body types or people learning to tune into their body, so everyone, um, (laughs) there are these physical sensations that people sometimes don't pay a lot of attention to. Like, so pay attention to your cravings. I think is something that, Hmm. you know, what kind of a food are you craving? So, like, your emotional state will probably make you crave different kinds of of foods, different kinds of substances. Um, Some people who deal with substance abuse, they're trying to alter their physical sense so that their emotional sense or their head sense feels different because a substance can help you do that. So is that so, like,
1: eat, like eating, eating at night when you're
2: not really, it's just like this need right. to eat? Um, You know, sugar, alcohol, whatever. There's something there. I want to alter something in my physical sense so that I... I'm not feeling overwhelmed by emotions or my yeah. head isn't spinning. Yeah, interesting. So paying attention to cravings is something that to pay attention to in the body space. Physical sensations, like some of you have walked into a person's presence or into even a certain part of a bookstore or something, and you have a sense of cold or a sense mm. of heat or a sense of just like kind of nervous energy, uh, like you're in the water and there's a shark around or something. It's just kind of this vibrant... Um, energy that that happens in the body, um, there can be pain, and sometimes a pain that can trigger a memory. So there's a lot of these things that are physical sensations. There's some work that's being done in a in a field of therapy that's not very well known yet. One of the leaders of it is here in the Boston area, and a friend of mine who's a therapist moved here to work with her. Where, you know, they'll hook up all of these sensors, physical sensors, to see what's going on in the body. As they're talking about certain subjects. Hmm. So they'll test heart rate variability. Um, They'll test, you know, the sweat glands, the twitching of the muscles. There's a lot of kinds of things that they'll see. Oh, as we talk, the body is actually sending off signals. The language of the body is physical. Yeah, (laughs) And then we're trying to translate that into head information or trying to see where an emotion in the heart space is triggered but so much of that, like the body speaks the language of the body. Yeah, It's learning another language and in learning to interpret the language of our body. And for some of us, that is a lot easier than others. But I think it's something that we all need to learn if we're going to talk about integrating the three centers is like learning the language of the body. Yeah, Pay attention to some of those desires. Pay attention to you know, your sleep. Pay Mm. attention to what happens in your body and your emotions and in your thought process when you get this amount of sleep or you do this before bed. Some people who, you know, they're like, I don't, I really am having a lot of trouble sleeping. But it's like, if there's a lot of disruptive shows, which put your head into a certain kind of space, it's very hard for your body to calm down because you're like, well, I was just sitting on my couch watching a show. It's like, no, you weren't. You were running from vampires. Like, yeah. Like, you're like, psyche doesn't know the difference. So, yeah. paying attention to the what the body speaks is that yeah. in a way. Wow. So much I want to say about
1: that and dive into. But, <laughs> okay. So, this is productive. So, we're talking about productive thinking and how to move into uh, or unproductive thinking, moving into productive thinking. Yeah. Um, there's also unproductive feeling. And uh, unproductive feeling is similar to unproductive thinking and that you get stuck thinking about a, a fight, a disagreement, and you have these emotions. And if you've ever gotten stuck in deep emotion, like chronic shame or guilt or sadness hmm. or anger that's just sustained and you can't get unstuck, you know what that's like. You know what that unproductive feeling is all about, where it just won't let go. You're stuck in these emotions. And from what we've been learning is that emotions are meant to come in and and to pass through the body. Now, certainly there are tragedies that we've all had where that's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a while. But it seems like we've lost a lot from the ancient world and also from... Uh, certain cultures that still are present today, where they know how to grieve and they know how to move through yeah. the emotion more through the body, the expression of the motion of the emotions through the body, rather than the overthinking about the emotions. Yeah. So what I'm su- suggesting is that unproductive feeling is when we're stuck in something that has happened to us and we're trying to make sense of it. We're trying to understand it. We're trying to uh, explain it. And that won't get us through um, to productive feeling. Productive feeling is I feel, I express, and then I move on. I release it through the body. And that happens when we get out of the thinking and back to what is just the feeling and can i just feel the feels and then move uh move on from there and so you know you get a situation where uh, something hits you something sad happens something uh triggers you in some way you can feel that intensity of emotion and then what oftentimes we do with it is we say oh let me see why that is why am i feeling the way i'm feeling which is fine that i don't think is a problem But then what we do is we think about the situation. Oh, it's because this person did this or said that or because, I, you know, the situation came into my life. I didn't expect it, this circumstance. And then we try to make more sense of it and try to solve the emotions by outthinking them maybe, by trying to rationalize them, by trying to, you know, well, I I shouldn't think, I shouldn't feel this way. I should feel, you know, should feel differently. Or people try all kinds of things to try to get out of that emotion. And I think productive emotion is, emotion's good. Emotion's necessary. It is productive because it's data, it's information. You can learn so much about what's happening, how you're affected by something. You can learn about other people, how they're affected by things. And, uh, And so, when that happens, to my mind, I think you then move out of the thinking, you recognize I'm going into thinking again, I'm going into trying to rationalize this, I'm trying to somehow again solve the emotions because I don't want to feel them. I don't like yeah. what I'm feeling. Instead of saying to your heart, I embrace you, I welcome you as you are. When you do that, when you say to your heart, I welcome you, you're welcome here. just like we were talking about a little while ago. I welcome you, Yeah, you can be here, I love you, and when we do that to the emotions, they don't contract we don't contract down on them we expand and release and that gives a chance to for it to just be and then to pass through without getting stuck in inside us i think they get stuck because of all the thinking we do instead of just feeling and releasing them
2: wow part of me wonders and i'm way out of my depth of knowledge here and i would love to hear from people who understand this more but part of me wonders is our culture is very much like if it hurts stop the pain yeah so i wonder if with some of this emotional stuff as if it comes up is like i don't want to feel that like that's a bad feeling right so we've classified it already yeah so we, we make we've a, made judgment. a judgment call Yeah. this feeling is bad yeah therefore what do you do with a bad feeling is you stop it and so we stop it by any means necessary and so sometimes the solutions are to vent it where I'm sometimes I'm letting out, but I'm poisoning others, (laughs) right? Yes. I'm repressing it. So I've got to like shove that thing down, but it's going to come back at some point with a vengeance or I'm just denying it. So I'm trying to like close it down because I've classified as a bad emotion. I'm trying to get out of the emotion. And so maybe unproductive feeling is the thing where we try to stop the feeling or we're trying to do one of those three solutions, you know, vent, repress or deny.
1: Mhm.
2: And an emotion can't be treated like that because it wants connection. It wants permission to kind of be. Yeah. And it doesn't want to be controlled. Yeah. I don't know if that's making sense, but that's yeah. kind of like I it's very visual to me as far as this feeling of just like oh, I have to do something about that. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to think, solve, or I'm going to go distract myself or I'm going to do something else because it's like the uh, the goal becomes to get rid of the bad feeling. Yep. Instead of to welcome it because like ultimately I think the heart is the part of us that knows that everything belongs. Yeah. <laughs> it Everything is welcome. Like this is a part of the story. But I mean, I think I struggle as much with anyone, which is, you know, bad feeling, want to end bad feeling. Yeah. What do I do to end bad feeling? Yeah. And that's, is that what you're calling unproductive? Yeah, absolutely. I love what you said
1: about venting, because I think that venting and also trying to, back to what I was saying earlier, to to outthink it, to think a different way, to get a different perspective that maybe then I won't feel bad if I think differently about that situation. But the venting is... It, it, it takes the emotion that you're feeling, and you're, what you're doing is're you're, you're processing all of that through the defense mechanism of your type. Mm. You don't have to know much about defense mechanisms. All you have to know is that you're going to do everything you can, your ego is, to not feel vulnerable. Right. And so you're, gonna, you're just going to say, "Hey, I want to vent, right? And what you're going to do when you vent? is you're going to talk badly about that person. You're going to talk, you're just going to talk bad about the company. You're going to talk bad about, you're just going to do everything you can to somehow justify your feeling. Like, I feel angry because, and
2: it's these people. There's that gap. It's like, I feel angry, but then it turns the corny because. Because. That's where it just turned the corner into unproductive. Like, yeah. before we were good. yeah. I feel angry. I feel bad. Yeah. Absolutely. But then you, when you turn that corner and you were like, because, and then I have to find an outlet for that feeling. Yeah. I need an explanation for that feeling. I need a story about that feeling. I need a, a scapegoat for that feeling. I need, you know, yeah. multiple other things. That's where you just turned a corner.
1: Yes. It's like, oh. Yes. Okay. So, the situation definitely, yeah. cre- it, you know, gave rise to that emotion. Yeah. But it's not just the story, the situation. It's not just that your, you know, your boss or your employee uh, did something or didn't do something that really made you angry. That's not just that. Yeah. There's something happening within you. You were, you may, maybe you felt vulnerable. Maybe you felt exposed. Maybe, you know, you have your own type. You have your own ego. You have your own, you know. But what we're trying to do is to say, the villain is this. Mm. And therefore, I'm scapegoating my pain. And when we scapegoat the pain, it doesn't – that's not productive because the funny thing about it is it actually doesn't get away. It doesn't go away. That's the thing that we're surprised by is that we think for a while, right? We've dropped the dial on the intensity maybe a little bit, but what happens is that stays there, right? So I've been talking to people a lot about being in the black when it comes to your – your emotions, like every day, being clean, being clear, mm-hmm. not living in the red, accumulating emotional debt day after day after day after day. Because what happens is that'll kill you. That'll affect you physically, affect you emotionally. You will end up being depressed, angry all the time, and um, and unproductive yeah, in in your relationship. So. Yeah. Yeah. So the villainizing, the you know, sort of like this is scapegoating.
2: This is uh, the reason for it. Villainizing or weaponizing. Weaponizing is another one. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that's what happens a lot. Either villainize or weaponize. Those are kind of like that's the internal or the external. Like we can turn it in those two directions. So what is productive feeling? Return to that with me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Productive thinking or productive feeling is. Here's how I feel. This is the situation that happened. And here's how I feel. And then I ask myself, and I've suggested this for others, to ask your emotions, is there anything else you want to say? So, again, speak to your emotions. Is there anything else you want to say about the situation? Yeah. And sometimes it'll pull up a memory. And that memory will, oh, I have faced this before. Yeah. My heart has faced this. And that hurt. Well, again, back to what you had said earlier. We make judgment statements about our emotions. I shouldn't feel that way. That's bad. I don't like that feeling. It's a bad feeling. So I don't want it. And I think we just have to accept we're going to have feelings. We're going to have emotions. They're going to, f- they may be unpleasant, yeah. but we're going to have them. And I think to allow them is actually what
2: causes them to pass through more easily through our yeah. system and then get out. And what caused the emotion, the painful emotion, may have been a negative thing. Like yeah. we can name that as like this person did this thing to me and that is that is wrong. But the feeling you have, it's trying to tell you something. It's trying to tell you that that shouldn't happen to you. But it's kind of like allowing that emotion kind of to be. And yes, we want to not be in a situation where things are happening to us that create the pain, that is a good thing to move yourself out of that situation. But as far as the actual pain, it's not just end the pain, not just cut it off. It's allowing the self to feel it and to be included. Um, Once again, I, I feel way out of my depth here, but this story is coming to mind about after World War II where the American soldiers experienced a lot more PTSD than the the Japanese soldiers, and basically the the Americans they were welcomed home, they were celebrated, and then it was like, well, then now go back to your job, and then it was like go right back into your life. And the Japanese had this really interesting ritual called releasing the loyal soldier. Mm-hmm. So they would have this thing where they come together and they thank their loyal soldiers and each other's loyal soldiers for what they did and they forgive the loyal soldier for things that they did but they want to then release it so what so much the heart wants is that connection and there's something too about the heart likes a ritual it likes a an experience that allows that feeling to kind of take place mm-hmm. it allows it to be released what is a wedding other than a ritual in order to in a community in a, a communal sense a connection sense celebrate this feeling and this emotion and this commitment of love and what is a funeral other than a ritual of shared grief and shared connection around the grief which allows us to integrate that feeling. And no one's saying at a funeral, well, you need to stop feeling bad about this unless you're in a really abusive environment. I've heard mm. of that, but, mm-hmm. but for the most part, this integrates the feeling. This is productive. Feeling is when we have this experience where we can come together and we can allow that feeling to exist. You know, my dear friends are moving and we had a, a going away mm-hmm. for them this past weekend and we went over and before we left that night i had all of our friends that were there like surround them come around them and then we just like you know you came here knowing no one and now you are surrounded by love and so we send you surrounded by love and i made it kind of like a little ritual blessing for mm-hmm. your your sending of them cuz it integrates the excitement that of their new adventure yeah and The, we all miss you. And there's something about productive feeling, I think, that has, it needs a moment where it's honored and recognized. Whether it's releasing the loyal soldier, releasing your friend at the funeral, celebrating your friend at their wedding, saying goodbye to friends who are moving. Whatever that is, it needs like a moment where we surround that moment and we experience connection because that's where the heart feels most productive is in the sense of connection.
1: I love that you said, said that. I think back to um, times where I did not experience the fullness of that moment because maybe there was too much pain, because maybe there was, yeah, there was, there was pain, there was sadness. So yeah. I would avoid f- it fully engaging in that. And while it temporarily felt better, what happens is that then afterwards, I still carry that hmm. because it's incomplete. Or moments that required more of an engagement of love and wholeheartedness in that situation, like maybe a wedding or maybe a situation like what you're describing, yeah. saying goodbye to friends. Where because that wasn't done, there's there's something in my own heart that's not doesn't feel complete about that. But I ignore it and I move on. And so, it robs us of a full life of a beautiful life of a wholehearted you know life and um and it also raw ro- and so it robs us of connection when we deny our hearts when we say you shouldn't feel this way you should every time you deny that we minimize or we i guess reduce the color of our lives a little bit mm, it becomes more yeah. you know it becomes more black and white it becomes more single dimension and we also don't feel as deeply connected to people. We don't feel deeply connected to ourselves. And we wonder why we're lonely, why we feel sometimes empty. And, and and I think it has a lot to do with this piece. And that's what the production of the, of the emotional center is all about is giving us color, giving us beauty, giving us oh, richness, you know, connection, the stuff that then makes you feel really more settled deeply, you know, your own body. And, and again, a, you know, I'm a head type talking about Heart Center. So yeah. this is this is still fairly new for a lot of us.
2: Yeah, but it's definitely something that I want to learn and pay attention to. Yeah. Because like the way you just described it is how it comes out a lot in like our Enneagram teaching in um group coaching, which is this emotional space is it is the space of color. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the bright colors. Yeah. It's the the contrast oh, it is, is what creates the yeah. beauty. Yeah. It is the shadow and the light. It is the it is the brightness and the dark colors. It's the contrast of all of it that everything belongs that that is what the heart knows and that's what it wants to integrate. And so it's productive in that space because it is in that vulnerability that we get connection. You know, that is where we connect with another person is in sometimes the softer moments, in the moments of like, yeah, I felt that. Yeah, that I understand your pain or i don't understand your pain but i'm here to witness it i'm here to be a compassionate witness yeah. to yeah. what you what you've experienced and even though you've experienced something that i could never understand fully and that yeah. that's okay but that is a productive feeling and so many times we actually have to start there and then we can start thinking more clearly we can have more productive thinking and then we have a better sense of what to do we have productive doing in that space yes and a lot of times we have to Pay attention to our bodies and reset our bodies and tune into what our body is telling us because then we'll actually feel strong enough and stable enough. And um, if we're, we spend time in beauty, you know, we're integrating uh, the surroundings more and that gives space to the heart to be productive feeling and allow it to have room, room and, and space and permission is what the heart needs and connection and ritual and that is going to again help us productively think about what we do again and as we go through the cycle we integrate all of it so much more and we see that all of these are gifts to us all of these are voices that want to be at the table that have been trying to love us all along Mm -hmm. and we want to welcome all of those voices yeah
1: Yes, yes, yes. Folks, if you live more richly from the heart, and this is what I hope for me as well, is, oh, wow, we could really live rich lives, like really deeply connected, making better decisions, knowing this situation requires this from the heart center. Mm. And not my only tool that I use as a head type. My head, secondly, my body, you know, right. and that's it. Like there are more tools. You've got... yeah. Moments where I I was about to answer somebody. I remember this happened just the other day. I had a type who a type uh, one client who was saying, you know, so I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and, and and what else should I be doing, and what else should I be doing, you know? And I stopped, and this was a this was a heart moment. So I mentioned w- w- the one time I got it right. So <laughs> so <laughs> I I stopped and I realized. Oh no 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 no! We got to celebrate what she's doing. No no coaching here. So I stopped and I just celebrated her. And I said, "How does it feel?" And she's like, "Oh, it feels so good." It's like, "Yep yep." That was the that was the coaching moment. Was just celebrating <laughs> like, and but in the past I completely would have missed it a hundred times out of a hundred because I was so focused on headspace. Yeah. Um, so. All right, so let's talk about productive, unproductive doing, and productive doing. This is, you can definitely help with this as, as a body type. But so what I see as unproductive doing is activity, not necessarily productivity. Yeah.
2: Um, I know that one well. You know that one?
1: <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: oh yeah, it's just this, and then then this, and this, and this, and it can get, and often it gets distracted and gets unproductive because. I haven't integrated the other two voices mm. because it's not consistent with what my heart knows is like, this is, you know, meaningful, enriching, memorable, like, uh, significant, like mm. a lot of these heart centered word connection, it doesn't have those, yeah. Yeah. it can be, you know, distraction or, um, or this will be good. Or, or if I do this, then it'll, you know, can be performancy. It can be, I am what I do It can get lost in the the body center of that that story i am what i do and that's where it it can it can get very unproductive because it's just not it's not fully thought out it's not fully integrated in the heart space it's just Mm. kind of action without emotion and thought and it's action for action's sake it's Mm. busyness for busyness sakes Mm -hmm. and it can get it can get stuck in there Um, and all the body types can do it as you're just describing the type one. I was like, I hear that, you know, I can totally understand that feeling that I am what I do. And so, yeah, it's that right moment to stop and have a moment, connection, celebration, which is a celebration is a ritual again. Mm -hmm. And that integrates, it integrated that, that space. So I think of productive action as one that integrates those other voices.
1: Hmm. I guess we're I mean, we're saying that productive thinking, productive feeling, productive doing
2: has to integrate They're so linked. all the others. Right? I know, right? Like, as we're going, it's just like you can't really you have can't, one without them. No, other. no,
1: no, no. I mean it's it's like if you want productive thinking, doing, and feeling, you have
2: to have all three centers <laughs> acting, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Well, and if you look at the things in your life that have really mattered, that you're like that moment I was on, that mm. moment I was in it, that moment was right. I guarantee you, you will find an integration of the three. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, your your emotion your, was spot on.
0: Mm-hmm. It was
2: it was invited to the table. You were thinking. You're like, oh, I had these new thoughts and revelations and clarity, and I was in the right place, the body, in the right location, with the right people, doing the right action. Yeah. And it has that all of those elements. That it's going to include others. What is the relational aspect? The there is something about location. We'll have to come back to this at, at another podcast, but how the best actions are around location, you, you know, right vocation and right relationships with, the, with others. Hmm. But you're going to see in the right thinking, like those are, they're all going to be so integrated.
1: Yeah. I have talked to body types about action that includes you know, feeling in that pause between the impulse to Mm. do. Like I I have to do in some cases, you know, you'll have certain type ones and certain type nines who will pull back into the non-doing because they get overwhelmed. And so they'll pull back in, in, in inactivity sometimes, but. Or they'll take responsibility. I see it and therefore I have to do something. Because I, exactly. I have to do something. And that is, again, that's just the impulse and to recognize that's what's happening. I'm moving right away into um, into doing. And how do I bring in the heart? You know, what are the steps that then move me into, because as a body type, it's still, action's still the gift that you're bringing to the world. Yeah. But how do you move in from that sort of like black and white, this is the action we got to take, let's do that, to what is action that is heart-centered and head-centered? How would you describe that in moments where you felt like, Ah, that's it. That's that's the best of my doing right here. It's very I'll I'll tell one on you that I thought was absolutely stunningly beautiful was when you were doing a blessing for one of our groups at the very end of it. And it was uh it was a recovery group and yeah. we had done this class yeah for them and we had finished up and at the very end of it you were like, "All right, here's a blessing I'm going to do." And It felt very action-oriented to me, very action. It didn't feel head or heart and filled with head in heart, but primarily heart. I mean, I felt the heart in that. And it was so on target that I was like, not only did you know that this is what you needed to do, and you probably had planned it beforehand, but you knew that this was the... But you leaned in full-hearted, and it was it was a moment, and there were a lot of tears in that Zoom room and powerful but talk about like what is how do you know to sh- what, you know what is the shifting from just that like action activity to then that moment
2: of bringing
1: the heart and, and head online
2: well i think so much of our work has allowed for that to that thing to happen yeah for sure so yeah. yeah it is the integration of the heart for me and i know i lean into the heart and i know the body the do, the empowerment energy of the, I know that is going to be there. I know the head space, the intellect, and we've talked about the instincts, me having the social instinct is very much kind of can be head energy. I know that's going to show up too. So those are going to naturally show up. But you don't have to put any
1: work into I don't that. Actually, no, I
2: don't put a lot of effort <laughs> yeah. into that yeah. space because sure. I know the words are going to flow, the whole background of, of, the poetic and the songwriting. I know the lyrical aspect of it is going to be there from the headspace. I know it's going to have an energy that is very action oriented. Yes. That's naturally going to come along, but I know the thing that can be missing, but when it's on, it's because I'm looking to the heart space. I'm looking to connection and emotion and everything belongs and integration and welcoming you as you are. And, Everything that's ever happened to you, everything you've ever done, and everything done to you, is all part of the story, and I welcome it in that space. And I think when it's on, it's going to have that element. Just like I've seen heart types who, you know, th- a lot of times they can get stuck in that head heart loop. Yeah. But when they take action and they put, they put. Action behind that feeling that their head and their heart are naturally going to come along, but they step into action and they become action oriented. You just feel it, and Mm -hmm. everyone's like, Oh, I want to be a part of that because I can feel the integration. I just think that all great work is integrated work. It is, yeah. All great work when people jump on the thing you're doing, a lot of times people have this purpose, they have this thing that they want to do in the world, and they can't figure it out why it's not working. Well, I can tell you so much of the things that I tried to do, the reason it didn't work, I had not integrated the heart. Every single time. That's been true for me. Every damn thing.
1: Yep. I mean, you could almost, we could almost coach you around all, we we could almost coach and just do centers and do (laughs) nothing else, right? Because almost, I mean, I I think, I don't know, for me, it feels very much 100% of the time that... Whenever your performance, whenever it is, whatever it is that you're doing, performance yep. we mean like in terms of anything, relationships, yeah. work, all that, it, it is whenever you're off, guaranteed, yep. it's the center of neglect for you that you've just kind of fallen out of or you're
2: caught in a loop of some sort. Yep. And um, But yeah. Yeah, it's such an important part of it. And I think the reason that we're able to connect more now than we have in things that we've tried before and maybe not done as well at it's because we're trying to do that thing. That's it. And not doing it perfectly, not always doing it right, right, but just being like, Oh, I want to include this voice.
1: That's, 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 that's as smart as it gets folks. That's, (laughs) that's as smart as it gets. We we have nothing else else to to offer the world. (laughs) It's, it's it's really, that's, But that is so empowering to everyone. Like, look, you don't have to get it right. You don't have to. It's just the activity of doing it. That's it. Yeah. And it's remarkable how effective it is. But it's terrifying and I get it. Like all all of us are are scared of that neglected center. It scares us to do it. But, oh yeah. It's so funny that you said that. It's like, yeah, it is just doing it. That's the simple uh, reality of it. And I tell people all the time, like, this is what I've been saying, by the way. This has been funny. People laugh at this. I'll say, if you get it right one out of ten times, you are doing really well. Fantastic. <laughs> I am like, you know, I am about one to possibly two yeah. out of ten
2: times. It, that's an improvement. Yeah, from if where I, I was three at in a day, man, I am <laughs> on fire. <laughs> but to me, like that's all it's about yeah. is just trying, showing up. Yeah. That's it. And we've been going little bit long on this subject but if I ended people on a note today I would want them to hear that like just showing up that's it just showing up to that voice and so I'm going to read this to close us out because it's so much of what we've been talking about so if you would even take a breath wherever you are and remind yourself that you're here remind yourself that you want to show up then remind yourself that the current is never permanent all it takes to change a life is showing up show up to the breath right in front of you and the three feet around your skin show up to the voice you've been drowning out which has been loving you all along show up to the two most important people, the one right in front of you And the one in you receiving them. Show up to the full value of a single step toward an unknown possibility, even if a thousand have led you to where you do not want to be. Show up to a single step and do it again.